Hey everyone, welcome back to Navigating Netflix Originals. As always, I'm Madison, and as always, I'm joined by Jamie. Hello. And welcome back to our podcast. Um, you're, you're used to us singing our introductions by this point. If you're still listening to us, you must enjoy that. <laughs> um, so today, um, despite our assertions that we would watch Green Frankie and Bridgerton and a whole lot of other series, that still has not happened. Oh my gosh. So instead, we chose a Netflix original documentary kind of true crime series call, or not series, sorry, just show hour and a half long and over <laughs> called Our Father. Yes. Um, and in case you haven't heard of it, um, it's about a fertility doctor, a man named Dr. Donald Klein, who uses his own sperm to inseminate a whole lot of women who were not aware that he was using his own sample versus like the ones they were providing by their spouses or the ones they thought they were choosing as other donors. And kind of the the original, the ground one sibling who like discovers this using um, ancestry DNA kits. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, what were what were your initial thoughts of this documentary? Oh, I mean, I think the general consensus is that it's just extraordinarily fucked up in general. Yeah. Um, I thought it was, I mean, the, the way that it was presented and stuff was compelling and interesting. So it was, it was good in that, in, in terms of being a sort of true crime-esque documentary. Um, there's no real resolution yet to the case. Um, and it's kind of like, it does bring up a, a whole slew of interesting <laughs> questions about, um, donated sperm and like, you not really knowing whose it is and... Yeah. It's just like so interesting because even if you're, you know, even nowadays, um, you know, you're if you're picking from a catalog of like these people, how do you know that it's theirs? Yeah. Or if you like in with some of the people whose husbands donated, how do you today know that it's always your husband's? I don't know. That you're getting back. Right. It's, um, yeah. Um, yeah. My my very first like note that I wrote down was initial impression. It's very dramatic for a documentary. Oh yeah. <laughs> I That's wrote true. that um, like less than a minute into it because it opens with like this really slow camera panning down this long hallway with like yeah. this super dramatic music playing and then quickly progresses into a reenactment of the doctor jerking off in his office which <laughs> doesn't seem like a necessary reenactment for a show that's dealing with kind of serious subject matter yeah <laughs> yeah that was my my first my very first comment too was um why is this shot like a horror suspense thriller like, like I, I get like some people. Your initial response is to like laugh when you hear like, "Oh, the doctor used his own sperm," but like, really, it's not funny. Like, this right. was pretty serious what this guy did, and he did it many more times than what I think he probably even remembers doing. It. <laughs> like, it seems to be just it was his go-to. Every woman who came through his office, and that he was doing like a artificial inseminate. Is that what it's called? When yeah, artificial mm-hmm. insemination procedure on. Like he was just using his own 
sperm, which she seemed to be collecting moments before in the next room. <laughs> well, right, because you had to have like a fresh sample, right? Otherwise, right. the sperm would have died. But, and that's the thing that's like, it's so odd. Well, first of all, the whole situation is odd. Like, I know back when this was happening, it wasn't really regulated. And so, even just saying, oh, all the sperm samples that I'm collecting are just from my med students who are, you know, then them are jacking off across the road when then you're running it over to the uh, between your in your cleavage apparently literally yeah the one nurse is just like i would transport the specimen in my bra and i'm like why (laughs) just hold it in your hands it doesn't seem necessary to push it between your boobs right Uh, yeah exactly surely holding it is warm enough but yeah so that whole situation is that whole thing is kind of weird in general because like Obviously, today, I think, in theory, all of the donators are kind of, like, heavily scrutinized, right? So making sure you don't have, like, medical problems or this and that. And obviously, looks go into account. But, yeah, just to have collected it from, like, these random people is weird in general. But then when you find out that it's all his is even crazier. And the fact that, like, he was servicing, like, he was providing the service for women in a specific area, which I think was near indianapolis right yeah 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 and so so we could have met some of his you know offspring but we we lived just south of indianapolis for like me three and a half years and you over five yeah we could have met some offspring (laughs) we could have so it's just kind of like a crazy thing but yeah to to not think about the fact that you are doing this and i think by the end we there are like 94 and counting like 94 siblings and counting it's it's so true that in that small geographic area like there's a 100 percent chance that like a sibling dated a half sibling because you know whatever and that some of them like mention that and they're like i don't even want to think about the the moment when i eventually find out that i'd had a relationship with a half sibling and i feel like like they almost are in a situation where if you want to get serious someone, you have to have a DNA test done to, like, just make sure you're not related kind of thing. Right. Uh, or at least know their, their parents' medical, like, fertility history to make sure that they never saw Dr. Klein. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and you can't, yeah, you have to then have parents that are willing to be open about that because some of them, it seems like some of the parents weren't until the parent found out that there was some sort of, like, controversy going around this dr klein fellow like they never mentioned fertility issues to their children at all like some of them only found out because they'd done the ancestry thing and they were like you're related to 82 people closely (laughs) and you're like oh okay (laughs) 82 half siblings that can't be right (laughs) yeah which like on one as someone who's like always wanted like more siblings like ones that i could might have actually gotten along with in life like Right. Part of that would be an exciting thing, but it's also, yeah, it's it's got to be also very daunting. It does remind me of, um, I heard at one point that in Iceland, because, you know, the population is only like a couple hundred thousand, period. Um, right. There's like, uh, I think there is a sort of dating app or like fam- familial app that you can get that uh, traces family trees so that you can know like okay. if you're related to someone you're dating right. and i think inevitably most people are like distantly to some extent related but like you right. can gauge what's the acceptable rate of distance for right. you <laughs> make sure there's enough generations have passed in between that it's okay to date this person <laughs> right 
So yeah, they almost need to do that for the Dr. Klein children just to be right. safe. Right, and like like you said at the end of the documentary, they say that as of the time of production, there were 94 known siblings. And pretty much all of them are really only have been discovered through different sorts of ancestry kits, you know, people who are just taking them at kind of at random. So who knows how many people like are actually out there. And like the biggest reason that they are having had and are having, I guess, still trouble notifying people about this is because they can't actually charge Dr. Klein with any real charge beyond that he lied to the attorney general so they were able to like prosecute him ultimately for fraud and he doesn't go to jail and he only had to pay a 500 dollars fine and that was like the only punishment that ever came to him and he didn't really like there were at the time no laws specifically kind of stating that what he did was wrong Right, because so they have like, a hell of a time trying to actually charge him with anything. Right, because like at the base of it all, he was paid to render the service of helping get these women pregnant, and he did. Right. You know, right. So, yeah, and then he apparently shredded like all of the medical records afterwards. So there's no way you could go back and be like, "Well, look, there's medical documentation that shows, you know, on this date you inseminated me with my husband's sperm, and now we know that, you know, biologically that was not true. Our daughter is, you know, biologically yours, kind of thing." And but because he shredded all of the documentation that he had on that, there was you know no way to go back and even prove that that's what was said at the time. And this was all happening like when fertility treatments were like very brand new in the medical field. Like mm-hmm. we were talking about at the beginning, they didn't even know how to freeze sperm. You kind of had to have a fresh sample of it and get it into the woman within an hour of it coming out of the body. <laughs> <laughs> Um, So there wasn't a lot of like laws or regulations written around it at the time. And really, they're still they're getting better about it, especially after this. But (laughs) yeah, definitely. But yeah, it's like, as you were saying, with um, the fact that it's mostly through these ancestry or DNA kits. And you have to think that in the larger population, like very few people even do that, you know, take them. So it's like, do you, I don't know, do you require residents near near <laughs> Indianapolis to get them just to be safe? I assume like once this story came out, maybe people were more tempted to be like, oh, I should probably do this just to be safe right. or whatever. But can you imagine <laughs> if you're like accidentally married and have already procreated with a half sibling? Like, well, I would ooh. just like pretend you don't know that. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Do you be at that point? Are you like, oh, I've developed, a, I've like created a life with this person and we have children like do we just divorce now and like i don't don't know i would (laughs) that would be awful but i i don't know like how big this news was in like the indianapolis area when it came out i hope big enough that people who had him as a doctor saw it on TV and thought, well, shit, I should, you know, tell my children to, you know, take a DNA test kind of thing and find out, you know, to make sure that they are who we think they are kind of thing. Um, right. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how big the story really was. It's crazy. There doesn't seem, they didn't talk about that a lot in the, in the documentary. Are you still there? I am, yeah. Oh, okay. I'm just thinking. But yeah, no, they didn't really. That's okay. I thought you had said something and it sounded like a really far off. Oh, no, no. 
<laughs> I was like, hmm. okay, yeah, sorry. You can edit but, that yeah. out. No, you're good. But um, yeah, but it, it's it's also interesting because they start coming up with um, in the documentary some sort of like potential theories as to why he would do this in general, right? Yeah. Like, what were his actual motivations? And I don't know. What do you What do you think? Like, what do you think his motivations were? Do you think it was like a race thing, or did well, he, was it just an ego thing, or what? So, so his association with the cult called Quiverful really kind of like stood out to me. Mm. So, like, it this it, it's a cult that is essentially aimed at like the people are told to have as many children as possible and of course the people are all white and the kids are raised to be very political and to run for office and with the goal of trying to create what would essentially be a christian state where all laws are based in like biblical background i mean um so his association with that is disturbing yeah but he doesn't seem to be fulfilling Quiverful's, you know, ideology of kids being raised for, like, a specific political purpose, since he's not raising them at all. Um, right. But he definitely, when you're looking at, like, all of the 94 children that he has, you can tell that he only used his specimen with white women. You know, there were no right. biracial children that he created so there does seem to be some element of you know white supremacy in his motivation at least (laughs) yeah yeah it's Um, such a weird thing like yeah again and and, like he must have had a very like pale skin blonde hair blue-eyed kind of background and origin because a lot of his children seem to express those traits even when their mothers were you know dark-haired kind of thing Right. And yeah, I forgot what I was going to say, but go ahead. Well, then like, and the other side of that is like, he himself was not super healthy. Like a lot of his offspring seem to have a lot of different like health issues or autoimmune disorders, things that like, even to this, as you know, as of the time of production, like they hadn't been able to diagnose or identify what was wrong with a lot of the children. So he, as by today's standards for a sperm donor, he would not have even been allowed to donate a specimen because he had right. issues in his background that wouldn't have passed the screening process. No. Um, but apparently the only thing he cared about was that he had white skin and blonde hair and blue eyes. Right. And, and as you were saying with like the, the cult-like thing, which seems like it could be a motivating factor, you would think that given all that, that he would then express some sort of, like once it all came out, he would be more like tempted to express some sort of ownership or like right. connection to them to be like, oh yeah. Cause surely out of all of the children, some of them have had some success in life. I'm sure they all right. seemed to live in gigantic houses. So in some way they're right. successful. So I think yeah. you'd think he'd be like, oh yes, I will claim that I, am, my genes helped get to that success, but instead, and maybe it's the shame of like having kept it a secret and not even his wife knew or his church, but like he, when he went to court, wouldn't even like look at them, wouldn't acknowledge them, wouldn't, you know, the only one he ever talked to really, besides that weird sort of meeting they had at the restaurant was um, the the main person there who he he just called to try to um, guilt her into not saying anything to the press. Right, because he didn't want his life to fall apart. He didn't want his marriage to be over, you know, all these things for Mm -hmm. him. You know, he's done this terrible thing that he shouldn't have to, you know, be responsible for it at all. Right. 
Which is, of course, you know, what ends up happening is that he doesn't get held responsible for any of it. So, you know. Yeah. There's yeah. there's that. But, I, doubt, um, I doubt he'll ever actually be held responsible for anything else. Probably either. not. Because even though, like, they've since made legislation that, like, makes what he did illegal, the fact remains that it was not illegal when he did it. Right. So he, he did not commit a crime at the time. So there's not probably ever really going to be, you know, besides ruining his reputation, you know, and letting the world know what a sleazebag he is. Yeah. Like, that's not the only thing that any of the siblings can actually do, because what he did was not, by law, illegal at the time, which is... Right. And I mean, you just know that people like his wife or other people, because like one of the arguments that he made was, I only used it when I when I didn't have another sample, because, you know, I wanted to fulfill these women's desire to be pregnant, I was only helping them. And you know that people at his church and stuff are going to be like, "Mm hmm, yep, that's exactly what he's doing. He's such a good Christian man helping out these women in need and like all this bullshit. Right. Well, even after all what of everything he did came to light and he was actually at trial, he had like so many people write in letters of support for yeah. him that for like the judge to read. People other doctors within his community, other patients who he d- didn't actually do this to. So many people wanted to support him and say, "Oh, but what what a good guy he is. You know, he shouldn't be punished. You know, it was a mistake he made a long time ago, blah blah blah." Which is just incredible to me how quickly society is like ready to jump to defend the white man (laughs) yeah and then it was even creepier because you know he was still in his trade when his children were like growing up around there or his you know his the people who he helped conceive were growing out there growing up there and so there was that one woman who he had actually been like her gynecologist and stuff so he was giving her like pelvic exams and Right. And like, it makes me wonder, like, how much attention did he pay? Did he know that this was biologically his daughter? Or was it literally just something he just did with every patient that came through? And he didn't really keep any track of which people were his children? Or, you know, does he have an intense documentation of that somewhere? Right. Like, because you'd have to have documentation of it because he clearly has more than a hundred kids out there. If by the time of production we know about ninety four of them, I'm sure there's several hundred out there. So in order to remember them all, you'd have to have some sort of like documentation, a medical file for each one to remember who they were. Right. But it seemed like at least what he told everyone was that all of the files had been shredded from that time. So if he has records of them, it's private, like at his house, kind of thing. And yeah. No one will probably ever get access to that. No, and if they weren't all actually destroyed before this went down, I'm sure they are now. Maybe. Or maybe he wants to keep record of each one because it's like some sort of an experiment to him. I mean, when he went and he did meet some of them in person, he like literally went around the table taking notes on each one of the kids, like what they did for a living and how successful they were. So is this like just a big medical experiment to him? And after he dies, his wife will find all of these, you know, he stalked all of these 500 children for most of their lives and has all this information about each one. Who knows? Ugh. <laughs> yeah. And, and this the crazy thing, too, um, which we find out in the, the end credits is that he he wasn't the only doctor doing it. They they found an additional 44 in the country who have been doing that. Yeah. 
44 other doctors that have been discovered from at-home DNA kits to have been doing this so far. There's probably more of them. I just like, yeah, that's got to be some sort of like ego or there's got to be some other like motivation for, for doing that. I don't know what it would be. <laughs> it's so weird. It's so weird. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand it. I don't like, especially when there's like other sperm available, like there's other, you know, sperm banks and everything. You don't have to be using your own by any means. Like what, what is the motivation? Yeah. I don't know. Especially now. I think it's, you know, with how much access they have to all of this stuff, I think the only motivation you can attribute to it now is some sort of like selfish desire to either have a bunch of offspring or, yeah, just so like expand your own gene pool. <laughs> yeah, some sort of medical experiment. Yeah, disturbing. So, if anyone decides to be uh, inseminated at a clinic, uh, yeah, make sure be, be you watch it well of the guy and then immediately. <laughs> to yeah, if it's your <laughs> husband, ask him to just jerk off in the room with you and the doctor. That's um, that the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure the doctor is also present to watch that happening. <laughs> yeah, or you know, just have your partner you're know for sure who's you know spunk you're getting. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just have your partner be in the room with you, and then transfer the sample to your cleavage until the doctor can you know inseminate it. Just release it directly upon your bosom, and the doctor can scrape it. <laughs> oh there. God! I think that'll be it'll be too exposed to the elements, perhaps that way. Well, you have to you have to cuddle with it afterwards to keep it warm. Cuddle, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it does bring okay. a lot some concerns. And then it it reminds me too. Um, there are a couple films in this way. I know there was a remake, a, a U.S. remake of a French of a French Canadian film called Starbuck, um, in which um, it wasn't the doctor who ended up having like so many children through you know misuse of of semen, but it was like one person's sample was just used like 200 times. And so, you know, they had donated and then people had just used it a bunch. And so the whole the story is like this guy finds out he's the father of like, or the sperm donor of like 200 some children and stuff. It ends up being like a wholesome movie. So not like this, but <laughs> it just reminds me of how this is kind of like a trope. And yet, obviously, it's just based in reality. So, so wait, back up a little bit. That movie is based on the concept that one guy, it, one sample, was able to produce enough sperm to be used in 200 different women. Well, I think he had um, donated a lot. I don't know. Okay. I don't know if it was like, I don't know how donation goes. Like, I, I don't know if you just do it the once or if you need to provide multiple samples. But the idea in this film was that like he... Um, you know, I, I assume just wanted to make money, so he was donating right. a bunch. But well, probably before, like after they figured out how to freeze sperm and sperm banks were created, and before they started being heavily regulated, I don't know that there was a lot of limits as to how many times you could donate. You know, you could, and it was probably like twenty bucks or something each time you dropped off a vial yeah. of sperm. So maybe you could just donate indefinitely. Um, yeah. Yeah. Not good for a small population. No, definitely not. <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. So we'll have to mm -hmm. keep an eye on whether or not things 
evolve in the story, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't look up like anything. I, I think it just came out this year, so this probably is the most updated information that they have about it at this time. Netflix is just probably trying to promote the story a little bit, you know, get it a little more well known that this happened and the retired doctor is facing no punishment for it, essentially, besides his $500 fine. Right. So, yeah. Yep. Don't ever go to see him as a doctor. (laughs) Well, definitely not. (laughs) Yes. But yeah, so that's, that's basically our father. It is. Our father. Yeah. Um, so if you, uh, watch our father and we're intrigued feel free to reach out to us on twitter and let us know at nno podcast or if you would like you can send us an email to navigating netflix originals at gmail.com and feel free to send us any other suggestions of tv shows documentaries movies that you would like us to watch in the future and maybe someday we'll get around to watching all of the series that we keep saying we're going to watch indeed <laughs> just gonna stop promising that it will ever happen <laughs> yeah probably probably safe for now to not promise anything yeah especially since you're going to be traveling the next few weeks <laughs> yep <laughs> but yeah oh. so uh, thanks everyone again and until next time bye bye